Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, and I'm Marty Caldwell, and as usual, it's a pleasure to be with you today. We have a lot to discuss on adoption. We'll be discussing in the next few weeks adoption, infertility, and parenting through adoption. And we'll have different guests on our show and different topics. And we want to hear from you. We want to know what you'd like to know about adoption, what you'd like to learn, and what you'd like to hear about. So we'd like you to send your emails over to us at info at letstalkadoption.com. That's info at letstalkadoption.com. And then we'll take those topics and review them and um, put many of them on the air for you, too. Well, let's get on to today's show. In today's show, we're going to discuss open adoption, semi-open adoption, and closed adoption. And what is good for the adoptee, uh, adoptive parents, and a birth parent. So this is a very important topic that many people have been asking about and want to, have known, want to know more about, and that would be, um, you know, what is the best type of adoption? And we find that uh, there, are, there is a trend going on. We're going to discuss that trend in adoption and what is it going toward um, where it has been. So today we have a guest with us. Uh, we have Kim Lopez. She is an adoption coordinator with Lifetime Adoption in the Grass Valley, Penn Valley area. And Kim works with adoptive parents and birth parents and helps them choose the type of adoption they would like to work with. So, Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marty. Um, you know, let's go back, uh, let's step back a little bit and, and look at closed adoption. Um, I know that closed adoption has been around um, for quite a while. In fact, many, many years ago, actually, open adoption was the norm, and then we moved into closed adoption. And um, we're starting to see a trend into another area. Um, closed adoption, I know that one of the things that I find with closed adoption, it's, it's more of an old-fashioned type of um, adoption that more birth parents are tending to lean away from. Do you find that true when you're speaking to birth parents and what they're asking for? That's true. Many birth parents are choosing not to go with a closed adoption because they want the child to know um, who they are and that they made this loving decision. And in a closed adoption, the child probably wouldn't have any information about why their their parent chose adoption, or maybe not the specifics, but at least that it was a loving decision that the birth mother opted for. Right, and I find that um, I meet a lot of um, adoptees that were adopted 40, 50 years ago, and, you know, it's very difficult because there's a lot of angry adoptees because they don't have that information. Mm-hmm. And I know that even with our own adoption in our family um, of our son, um, we have some information which is really helpful, but we wish we even had more. And there are many different options. I tend to ask families when they first ask about closed adoption. Um, I, I tell them, imagine if you had to, today, you had a phone call that says that someone said that they had to pick up your spouse um, or even your pet if you, don't, if you don't have a spouse, but pick up your pet and they're going to take that pet and you would never be able to find out if they're alive, if they're being taken care of, if they're happy or what happened to that pet or spouse. You know, what would that feel like? Could you live? What would you think of each day wondering if someone just came in a car and picked that person up or that pet of yours, that loving pet you have, and you could never find out what happened to them? And so many times we're asking birth parents to do something that we've, we could never do, and that means never knowing where the child is or how they're doing. And for the adoptee, um, I find that we're seeing a trend in the last 20 years since I've been doing adoption that adoptees really want to know why um, they can accept that, and they're much brighter, you know, as children than we give them credit for, and they really want to know, you know, why I was placed for adoption, what was the choice behind it, and they can live with that. And so I'm I'm seeing a trend, Kim, and I think that mm-hmm. I, I we spoke earlier um, a trend toward 
semi-open and open adoption, um, which I think is healthier in most situations, um, at least to have the information on who, what, why, where, you know, how do you feel? Well, I know that if if people are opting to seek an, uh, an a closed adoption, maybe international adoption would be a good option because a lot of times with international adoption, there's very little or no knowledge of the child's background and maybe the child was um, is orphaned mm-hmm. um, and is looking for a family and that's how they came to be adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know personally that my mom, she's adopted. She mm-hmm. was from Korea and she was raised by a, a great Caucasian family here in um, California. And she, she has no medical background mm-hmm. at all. And so consequently, I have no background. I'm watching my mom. She's in her 40s now to see what I should be expecting when, as I grow older mm-hmm. and also for my daughter too. Right. And that's really hard. And I think that I'd like to eliminate any of that pain or fear when possible. Now, in your mom's situation, it was you know probably something that there was nothing you could do about mm-hmm. it. But when you have a domestic adoption and you have that information, it's really sad. Let me tell you a story about uh, a family of ours that we had helped adopt. Uh, he's actually an adoption attorney now. And uh, his birth mother, um, they had an, an open adoption. Stayed in contact, and about four years after they adopted this little girl, the birth mom contacted them and said, "Be on the alert because we have found out that we have uh, ovarian cancer in our family, and I want you to be aware because she's a little girl, and this might be something to be concerned about." And they were so thankful because now they have that to put in that, and when she gets to an age that they need to be concerned, they can let let, let her doctor know. And um, another situation that happened that I think is important: um, we had a family that. Um, called us frantically um, some time back and asked if they, we could get a hold of the birth mother. Um, they had not stayed in contact with the birth mother and were very regretful because their child needed a bone marrow transplant. And so here they have this child, they're frantic, and they have no contact. And uh, it was a very, very sad scenario. So I feel that for medical reasons and psychological reasons, it's really good to have some information and some way to get updates. And I, I find that... Um, and I know, Kim, we've spoken that, about this before. Uh, birth parents um, that aren't sure at that time at least should put down that they want letters and photographs in the future. And that doesn't mean they have to know exactly where you live, but it gives a piece to the birth mother to know that her child's doing fine. And the child knows my mom's in Pittsburgh and I live in Sacramento and it's okay. Um, and so that they're not looking every day at the mall at women about that same age and wondering. I think our children have so much to worry about in today's life that we don't need to add any additional stress. And it's important that people understand prior to adopting all the pros and cons of each type of adoption, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you on that. And I think, too, that um, there are many benefits to the adoptee because they will have that knowledge of why they're placed. And sometimes those whys are difficult whys. Maybe they were a product of a rape or of, of another situation that, that wasn't comfortable. And, and you have to share that information uh, uh, age appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that with knowledge, the adopted parents know when to share, share that. But, but the, uh, but the um, emotional side of um, the, um, the benefits also of open and semi-open adoption, people are confused um, that the children will be confused, and they really aren't. Um, children are bright, and they, they're aware of things, and if they are brought up with that knowledge early on, um, that's not a confusing part. This is my biological mom, and this is my uh, my mom, and I grew in her tummy, and I grew under her heart. And and so I think with um, education on the adoptive families part, um, it really does help a lot. Um, but the adoptive families also, it really helps when you're trying to get medical care. I know that not very long ago, my son had terrible migraine headaches, 
And um, though we have an open adoption, I did not have this information regarding his birth mother on any um, reason. And so we went to the doctor, and there are three pages of medical history that I had to put adopted on each page. And um, it was very sad because we didn't know why he was having those migraines, and I would have really liked to have that medical information. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, that's part of the the benefit of that. You know, semi-open adoption, people do ask about that, and I know, how do you describe semi-open adoption when adoptive parents or birth parents call? Well, I know nowadays birth parents um, have a lot of knowledge about their rights and the different options that are available, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents... Uh, birth parents want to be able to choose the family. And so I think one of the biggest parts of a semi-open adoption and is also part of an open adoption is that the birth parent has the right to choose who will become the parents of her child mm-hmm. right. and has the option to speak with the couple or or the adoptive mother, whoever it may be, before the adoption, before the baby's even born. Right, even on the phone. And that, you know, we have a lot of birth grandparents that are involved in the process also, um, and birth great-grandparents mm-hmm. uh, that are raising grandchildren, um, and sometimes some birth fathers also that really want to have more control. And I think this generation that are, that are now our birth parents are wanting more than a close adoption. Um, what I have found from interviewing for my book um, and um, and other interviews that I've done, that birth parents in the past felt really robbed and and um, re- re- regretted that they did not have more op- options in their adoption placement on where their child would go. And I think that we were trying to change that so that there are more options and that women and children and the adoptive parents um, have a piece about it. Now, of course, if you have a birth mother that um, has a, a background that wouldn't be healthy for the child, and it's truly a detriment to the child, then you've got to look at that for the best interest of the child, too. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, um, most adoptions are going to be healthier if they have some openness to them and you have honesty because children respond to honesty and they don't want to be lied to. And um, people ask me all the time, when did you share with your son that he was adopted? And I share with them as soon as we brought them home. And he was brought home at uh, five weeks old, and um, we kissed him and pinched his little cheeks and said, we're so happy that we were able to bring you into our family through adoption. And adoption is a word that we use throughout you know, his whole life, so it's not a surprise that we pop on him at 8 or 12. And I think that's part of that openness and my open adoption of having that. And I think if parents are kind of wondering, well, how could I possibly share with my child about adoption? One of the ways that I can equate it to as families of faith, when we're talking with our children from day one, as it's appropriate to the child's age about faith, that it's always going to be a part of our lives, that Mm -hmm. this is how, this is what we believe. So Mm -hmm. with adoption, you Mm -hmm. can share from day one, you know, the loving decision that the birth parent made. And there are, are lots of children's books out there about it, too. So That's it's right. a common topic in a lot of families nowadays. And it's really nice in the Christian arena because Moses was adopted. There are a lot of adoption stories in the Bible, and you can share those, too. And um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break here in just a moment. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and discuss some more ideas on sharing adoption with your children as far as open, semi-open adoption and the benefits, too. So I want to let you know I'm Marty Caldwell, and this is Let's Talk Adoption on AM 710 KFIA. When we come back, we've got some and more information on open, closed, and semi-open adoption just for you. We'll be right back. All children deserve a home. And Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. 
If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Let's Talk Adoption on AM 710 KFIA. I'm Marty Caldwell, and if you're just joining us today, we are talking about different types of adoption, open adoption, semi-open adoption, and closed adoption, where they're going, what are the trends, um, you know, how the Internet um, comes into play with adoption today, and there's so many other areas that um, have helped change uh, adoption for the better in our world today. So when we left, we were talking about um, with Kim Lopez um, from uh, Lifetime Adoption a little bit about um, speaking to your children about adoption. And this really plays a big part in whether your adoption was closed, open, or semi-open. And I remember that, um, you know, when we were parenting and, and my, my son was very little, um, he had asked me one day, um, you know, Mom, where did I come from? And I thought, oh, boy, here it comes. So um, I was just going into the birds and the bees talk when he really just said, Mom, wait, I just want to know where I was born. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have to take that because we're sometimes so anxious to give our children all the information, and we really need to just take it where it comes. But the nice thing about open adoption versus a closed adoption is you have information later on, and you have some idea, especially medically, um, where the child uh, has been. And um, for me, I found that meeting my son's birth mother um, was very, very helpful for me because I could see the love and devotion she had to her, her child. And I always loved her for that, and she was very important to me. And um, if it weren't for our birth parents, um, we would not be mommies and daddies. And I think it's really important to be able to thank our birth mothers and honor them. And um, that's a very important part. And I think by honoring our birth parents, um, no matter what their background has been, um, they still have been you know, up front and loving enough to want adoption for their child. Uh, we need to honor, honor them and for our children's sake too because many times children will, uh, um, you know, uh, consider themselves like their birth parents. And so if we don't speak good about their birth parents, um, and we don't know that unless we go through an open, semi-open adoption, and we can find good things about each birth birth parent, believe me, we can. So, Kim, a um, little, little, um, little bit, we're talking about some misconceptions I know that, um, you know, people are worried sometimes um, when we when I do lecture and I, and I speak at different groups um, that an open adoption is that an open adoption option is not cut co-parenting you know that's one thing thing open adoption is not one thing open adoption is not um, you know people have is not um, um, you know people have fear you know, people have full have fears versus reality and the reality is you are going to be mommy and daddy reality is you are going to be you are going to be mommy and daddy and, and, and the birth parents are the birth parents are there. They love them, and they want to choose. They have the first part part of the the first part of, of the 
responsibility of the first part of the responsibility um, of the pregnancy of the um, of the pregnancy and placing and then you have the second part the biggest the biggest part part really too the biggest the biggest part really really too part part the biggest biggest part really too um, really 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 the, the big biggest part really too too uh, really too biggest can part can part can have the second part the second part information or mm-hmm. just for the well-being of your child if mm-hmm. your child has questions down the road down the road it's a simple email or a phone call to the birth call to the birth parent to say you know what about the birth grandparents how did how did how did they come to this country or what kind of jobs what kind of jobs did they have when they were growing were growing up and you know, kids have all kinds of questions, and they're curious. And so, maintaining those open lines of com- open lines of communication, of communication, communication is really a huge part, and a very huge part, part, and a very large benefit of open adoption. But I know that families, ha- I know that families have different levels. Families have different levels, levels mm-hmm. of open mm-hmm. of openness. Um, so, Marty, maybe talk a little a little bit about you know, you know, you know. You know, that's true. And I want to share with you: open adoption does not mean that they're going to be birth adoption does not mean that open adoption does not mean open adoption does not not mean that they're going to be birth parents are going to be at your house every day and we have open adoption with families out of state um, and it can mean anything and it can mean anything from just having letters and photographs and knowing photographs and knowing first names to actually go on vacation and we have vacation and we have uh, families that actually have chosen um, outside of our outside of our side of our center um, to um, to go forth and, and have holidays together they will meet once a year and go to Disney go to Disneyland and Disneyland and their children are really well-rounded, and the birth and the birth parents have a parents have a parents have a calm about the whole adoption process, and the adopted parent, the parents feel that's the parents feel that's really good. Good. Um, and you know, when I first started to adopt, I was looking into adoption. I really wanted someone to to to, uh, to take a baby and place it in a basket on my doorstep, ring the doorbell, the story, so he has that. And I think it's really crucial. So. So I encourage families to, you know, speak to other people that have gone, have gone, have gone through um, open adoption or semi-open adoption. Don't open semi-open adoption. Don't don't be fearful, um, you know. And I think we all come out of fear at the very beginning, very beginning, as I, beginning as as I did, did, did. But but um, to really research that, research that, and as I always share, share that people spend more time on planning their vacation than they do their adoption than they do their adoption. Uh, adoption uh, when it would be really better if they planned. Um, you know, um, you know what they wanted. What's best for them? For them. And as you mentioned, in international adoption, international adoption, many of those are closed. Um, many are now opening up, um, where they're going back and meeting the foster parents that cared for the children, that were parents that cared for the children that were from international adoption. Um, but again, but again, I think it's really helpful in that particular area just to be able to help for for the children too. You know, there are additional benefits to the adoptive parents um, because you do know you know more about the the birth parents and their Choices. Many times, when birth parents have that peace, they're less apt to change their mind, and you can get an idea. The one thing I, I caution people against um, when they do meet birth parents is don't share with your whole family the history of the birth parent. Um, and maybe she has, you know, she maybe she used drugs, or maybe she had, um, um, you know, a past that you weren't really proud of. I would not share that with even that with. And I know that when my son was little, um, and you know, and you know, when he'd throw a fit, fit. You know, my family would look at me like, mm, I wonder if that's something from the birth parents. 
and it had nothing to do with it. He was just a uh, vivacious little two-year-old, <laughs> and um, it was just him being normal. So I, so I think that many times, I think that many times when many times when you receive that information by meeting the birth parents, um, they show up in a, up in a Harley. They've got pink hair, uh, <laughs> or they're college students, or they're college <laughs> or, uh, or they're college student. They could be a college student. And um, my birth mother mother was older than I was, um, and you know, placing seeing her son with us, but. Keep a lot of that private because that's that's really your your child's private history, and that's really important. But through open adoption, you should really important, but important, but through open adoption, but through open open through open, so we don't have another generation of angry adoptees, angry birth parents that really wanted something different. And I think um, education is important. You know, um, one of my books um, I'd like to share with with you. It's a big resource guide: adoption, your step by your step by your step by step guide. It's available at, lo- at local bookstores and, and online. Online. Uh, um, if you're interested, you can con- can contact us at info at letstalkadoption.com. Adoption.com. It's a um, it's a, a, a uh, large it's a, it's a uh, large resource guide with over guide with over um, 480 page 100 over um, 480 page 100 over over um, um, 480 page 100 um, 480 um, that um, you're getting getting more and more we more and more we we chatted earlier about um, birth mothers calling and asking um, the one question are they willing to let me see the baby afterwards mm-hmm. what what kind of contact are they really looking for and and is it forever and and what have you seen happen with that well, the most common uh, request is that they want to find a family who is willing to provide letters and photos. And this can be as a child grows, but typically the amount, I know a lot of families have this question too. Most birth mothers are looking for letters and pictures maybe once a month or once every few months as the baby's growing to that first year. And then after the first year, maybe a couple times, birthday card, Christmas card um, with a photo in it. And, and that's really all they're looking for. Just that a couple times a year, that letter, that photo is enough to reassure them that they made the right decision. Right. And I think it really is important. And again, honoring our birth parents, I think, are, is, is crucial because I know that um, we had a difficult adoption when we were adopting and birth mother had a very difficult time, but I always loved her. You know, God gave me a love for her. She was a Christian girl, had made some poor mistakes, poor choices and some mistakes, but she was making the best she possibly could. And out of that, um, we became moms and dads. And so I think it's important that we realize that these are women with really deep hearts. And um, they may look different than we do. They may not be on the same schedule. But um, we need to be understand you know, where they're coming from, too. I know that I feel that you can't have enough people love your children. And through allowing the birth parents to have some contact and sending cards or gifts to their child during holidays, um, or their birthdays are wonderful, and so just remember, for the child's sake, if you can take yourself to that child, and uh, and know that they are loved. Um, I, I have to tell you a cute little story. My son, when he was in uh, kindergarten, a teacher called me to a side and said, "You know, I need to talk to your son." Um, had all the children in tears today, and I, I, I swallowed and I thought, "Oh my gosh, what has he done?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had told the other children that he they weren't as special as he was because he was chosen, and they were not. <laughs> their parents had no choice in who they were parenting, and he was chosen. So we did a little talk because I think I went overboard on, you know, um, how wonderful his adoption was. But that's kind of a, a cute little story that I think a lot of parents share too. And so. another thing that I've heard from one of our social workers at Lifetime um, 
they were doing a carpool and her two little girls are adopted and mm-hmm. there was another little kid getting carpooled who was adopted and then there was a fourth kid in the back seat mm-hmm. too who wasn't adopted and all the three little kids who were adopted were talking about their birth mothers and how what they know about their birth mothers my birth mother has blonde hair and my birth mother has brown hair and the fourth little kid was so sad he said I don't have a birth mother <laughs> <laughs> and that's right and, it, and I think more and more children are bringing this up so the more information we have and the more open we have and the more open we are the better we're going to be and so I hope this has really, really helped you quite a bit, too. And, um, you know, there are a lot of resources out there on OPU. Um, three out of five people are touched by adoption, so you have a lot of resources out there. So welcome back. And I tell you what, uh, we're so glad we're here this, this week with you, and we thank you for being on the show, and I hope you found the show to be informative. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell with Let's Talk Adoption. God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.